Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Welcome back to another episode of Friend of a Friend. It's your host, Olivia Perez. I hope everyone had a great weekend. I did. I am in LA all week prepping for a trip to New York next week. I'm so excited to be going back. For me, there is no better place than New York City in the summer. A lot of people flee because of the heat, but I love it. Like, I thrive. The parks are alive. The people have so much energy. I love sitting outside in the restaurants. There's just something about New York in the summer that I love and feels so romantic. So I'm So excited to be back. I'm going back for another Today Show segment. So if you want to tune in, it's going to be on July 19th at 9.35 a.m. Eastern Time. And I'm going to be covering summer prints this time and how to nail them. I'm going to be showing you guys some of my favorite looks that are bold and fun for you guys to wear for the rest of the summer. Being on the Today Show has truly been a dream of mine for so long. So it feels so incredible to have been able to do this for the past six months And I hope I get to bring you guys more. And I hope that these segments are as helpful for you guys as they are joyful for me. It's truly a dream come true. So make sure you tune in next week. I am so excited about today's guest. She is someone who I have known since middle school. So of course, you guys know some of my favorite episodes that I do on the show are ones where I get to have my own friends on. But two, she is also someone who I greatly admire in the fashion industry, not only because she's built an incredibly successful business, but because I love her personal style. Her name is Rachel Tabb, and she is the founder of Shop RLT, a vintage store based here in Los Angeles. She actually launched RLT during COVID as a website where she was curating some of her best vintage finds, from vases to ashtrays, books, and more. It ended up doing so well that she was able to open a physical location here in Los Angeles. It's right across the street from Air One and has some of the most beautiful vintage pieces I've ever seen. It's become one of those places that I love to go into, stroll in, get a new pair of jeans, a vintage tee, a beautiful blazer. Her curation has some of the best essentials for my everyday closet. Rachel and I sat down and got to talk all about how she built this incredible, thriving business online and got to turn it IRL. We also talk about how she honed in on her personal style and learned to trust her own opinion in terms of the things that she loves. And of course, we got to talk about her new tee that she created for the shop. It is truly my favorite t-shirt I've ever owned. She sent me one, but I ended up buying four more because it's just so good. If you're looking for the perfect white tee, check out Shop RLT. I love everything Rachel's doing in the vintage space. So I hope you guys love this conversation and learn as much as I did about retail. Here's my conversation with my friend, Rachel Tab. Hi, Rach. Hi. How are you? Good. I'm happy to be here. I'm so happy to have you here. For those of you listening, I've known Rachel since middle school. Bat mitzvah season. Bat 
Did we meet at a bat mitzvah? I think so. I don't remember who, whose, but I think we did. I feel like that tracks. Yeah. Like that makes a lot of sense to me. The, we like, had a lot of overlapping Buckley, friends. Archer. Yeah. Yes. Definitely bat mitzvah season. Great times. Good yeah. times. LA private schools. Yeah. The good old days. It was an awkward time. For sure. I had a horrible haircut. I had that I do not remember. Oh, it was a bob. My dad told me I looked like a Ralph Lauren model and it might have been his way to just like make sure boys didn't like me because it was like to hear. I'll show you a photo. It was really crazy. I actually remember you have always been that person who had like the very aspirational sense of style. Like I'm you were someone so who's flattered. like you were very way ahead of your time. I think you were maybe the first person I ever saw in like a vintage pair of Levi's. Love that. Like, I didn't get it. And I remember this was like early high school and you had Mm -hmm. a very, very specific sartorial perspective on clothing that was not like, you know, I remember I, I too loved fashion at that Mm -hmm. time, but I was like experimental. Like I was like shopping at Urban and like, you know, on crazy websites and like really trying like the craziest things out there to figure out what I liked. I just knew I liked clothes. For sure. But you had a super editorial Thank you. Look to you. And I remember, and I think what's also interesting about your style is that it is so true to who you are because not that it stayed the same. It's definitely Mm -hmm. elevated. Yeah. But like, I know what your style is and it's been your ethos for like a decade. Thank you for saying that my fashion has been consistent for so long. I think it's because I knew what I liked. I was like, I know exactly what I like and what I think is cool and what I think is beautiful. And a lot of it came from my mom. Because my mom was just like minimalist. Like she was herself or is so, so, so beautiful that she would just put on jeans and a t-shirt and look perfect. And I was like, that looks so good. It just worked. It like looked so good on her. And I saw her do it. And I was like, that's what I want. I just want to look like that. And then when I like was a little bit older going on Pinterest and Tumblr and like I really love Tumblr and I would just see like 90s supermodels like a Kate Moss or a Carolyn Murphy or a Shalom Harlow, like looking minimalist. I was like, this is stunning. Like this is, this is giving something to me that I love. And then from there, I was like, this is how I want to dress and what I want. I feel like we all have those moments growing up that are like defining of your style. Totally. Do you have one? And especially for you, who is someone who like, you really dabbled in vintage young. Like I don't think I really dabbled in vintage until I was in college. Yeah. You had a very, again, My specific first point of view. memory. So, you know, the West Side Pavilion, which RIP is no longer around. Yes. So when I was like in fifth grade, my mom would let me go to the West Side Pavilion with my best friend. And she would be like, here's $20, like go to Limited Two or Hollister. And I was like, I can get one thing there. But there was an out of the closet thrift store across the street. And they had a $1 yes. rack. <laughs> so I was like, I can get 20 things on the $1 rack. Let's go. So I went there and I was really smart with my money. I spent... $10 on the $1 rack and then the other $10 on a pair of Miu Miu heels. And for me in fifth grade, being like really into the whole designer Paris Hilton, Juicy Couture, Louis Vuitton era was like Miu Miu. Oh my God. So I get the Miu Miu heels. I get the 10 items of my, like from the $1 rack. And I'm like, I'm going to cut these up and make them cool. Like I found long dresses, cut them into mini dresses, long skirts, cut them into mini skirts. I got this like big Roberto Cavalli sequin jacket that was so ugly and I belted it and I cut it and I was like this is amazing I loved fashion and I I mean all of the stuff that I just named were like very ugly if I dug them back up but then I just like loved it I just like got like bitten with that bug of like wanting to design things and it felt really good so we both went to college in New York left LA I feel like I've had so much life with you it's really crazy I know I love it and you 
worked for Brandy, but yeah. you kept that a secret for a really long time. No yeah. one knew about it. I thought it was embarrassing because I judged myself a lot more than I do now. Because in New York, I was really unhappy. I feel like yeah, you, you know did this. not like New York. I didn't like it. It didn't suit you. But I, I mean, never, look at you. You're a beach babe. I know. And like, I just didn't want to be away from my parents and right. my grandma. Right. Like, my grandma's 90. I am so obsessed with her. I'm so obsessed with my parents. I, like, had old dogs. I, like, didn't want to go to college. Right. I mean, I didn't want to go away. And so my dad made this rule because in high school, I really just wanted to be with my parents. Like, I didn't want to go out into the world and do anything. I was really upset about that. I was like, I don't want this. He was like, there's no, I wanted to go to USC or somewhere in LA so I could just live at my parents' house. And they were like, you need to grow. So they made me expand my college search to New York. And I toured the new school. Honestly, loved the new school. Loved the classes, loved the learning style, had a great time. So when I was in school, the Brandy job came in a really funny way. I always wanted to work and I had a lot of jobs leading up to that job that totally worked into that job, but they didn't know that I had all this experience. Like my first job, I was interning at Alice and Olivia. And then I was interning at a store called ALC for a ton of years. I interned for a designer named Cynthia Vincent. And do you remember the Teen Vogue handbook? Yes. I know that you would. It said like, if you can do anything, get an internship. I started modeling at 15. I was scouted at Whole Foods. Even while modeling, I was still having internships because I was like, I just want to be doing everything because that will stop one day. Even though I started at 15 at 17, I was like, it could stop. I need to have a resume. Like I need my resume to be doing its whole thing. So basically one day I kind of knew how to talk about clothes because I had had all these internships and I was in Brandy Melville with a friend and I was looking at stuff and I was like, don't like how short this is or I don't like these buttons or I don't like this zipper, like just random stuff about it. And someone in the store heard me and connected me with a manager who connected me with one of the owners of the company who was like, I heard you have opinions. Like, do you want to tell me your opinion? So I started three days a week going in and just telling them what I thought about their new inventory and like ways to improve it. And it was called product research. And I really enjoyed it because I was firm in my opinions. I knew what I liked. I knew what I thought was good style. And I would just tell them and like, I knew there were a couple other girls doing it. And I was also interning at Glossier at the same time that I was working for Brandy Melville. I was really just trying to like move the needle along because I figured like even though I was sad in my time in New York, I still wanted to make it like as productive as possible and like not be wallowing, you know? So I, when I graduated college, I went on and started working with Brandy Melville a little more, sourcing vintage pieces for them that they took inspiration from. I flew to China to buy fabric for them and go to their like, design markets. It was crazy. It was really cool. I remember you saying that, didn't you design like one of their best-selling pieces? Yes. Their little cropped cardigan. Yeah. Basically, I got a cardigan at a thrift store and I cut it to the length. And then they, I gave it to them as like something I loved as like a vintage piece that to sort to like make off of. And then they made it into the cropped cardigan. Please tell me you get like residuals on those or something. nothing. But I still bring my boyfriend's daughter into the store and I say, yeah, I made this. And then she sees girls at her school wearing it. And I'm always like, that's cool. And she's like, that is cool. So that is cool. It's a I, good flex. That's yeah, almost as good as a check. We'll be right back after the break. While we're on the topic of vintage, I have to share my favorite go-to destination for all things vintage. And Rachel's too, according to this episode. Whether you're searching for the latest sneaker drop, that iconic handbag, a timeless watch, or your next piece of classic jewelry, eBay is the place to go. 
I trust them more than any other retailer because their eBay authenticators are there verifying every detail of your purchase. eBay's authenticity guarantee protects buyers like us from fakes and gives them the assurance that they're getting the real deal. Items with the authenticity guarantee checkmark automatically go through their authentication process. So buyers are getting exactly what's described in the listing. I've been an eBay girl for over a decade. I remember when I first fell in love with fashion, I went down a deep hole into all of my favorite designers archives. It was a Roberto Cavalli coat, a Miu Miu jacket. Scouring through eBay really expanded my knowledge and showed me what was out there in the fashion industry. I'll never forget my first piece. It was the Proenza Schooler messenger crossbody bag that had everyone in a chokehold for years. It was my number one go-to bag for years. I wore it everywhere. And I knew that when I got it on eBay, I would be getting exactly what I wanted. And it was authentic. Every inch, stitch, tick, facet, and clasp is reviewed by eBay's authenticators. They are experts in their craft and true connoisseurs. And as leaders in their field, they're making sure your items always arrive as authentic as your style. So go ahead, get that piece you've always wanted and leave it up to the meticulous eyes of an eBay authenticator to make sure that watch movement is original, that glitter is real gold, that rare sneaker is legit, or that handbag is really made of genuine leather. And never get faked over again. In a world full of fakes, it's time to get real with eBay Authenticity Guarantee. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. eBay Authenticity Guarantee, because everyone deserves real. Visit ebay.com for terms. I hear about so many dating apps, but the one app that I hear about consistently with a very high success rate is Hinge. That's because Hinge is the dating app designed to be deleted. Why? Because Hinge is the intentional dating app that actually works. Why do you ask? Because it's different. You can easily build a unique profile using their feature called Hinge Prompts. It's not just about your photos or maybe a song that you choose. Prompts help you showcase your personality to share your interests, humor, and dating intentions. They are so much fun and really help your potential matches get to know you better because they can also respond to your prompts, skipping all of that small talk and starting way more meaningful connections. Prompts are such a fun and easy way to get to know someone. They kind of break the ice before a first date. You can add an about me section. Maybe it's a way that you get win over or the simple pleasures that you enjoy in life. You can also add date night vibes. What would your ideal date be? You want to go have dinner in the park or maybe at one of your favorite restaurants in LA. You can also add your type, how you get along with people and what you want in a certain person and getting personal. You can add what you don't shut up about or what your love language is. I'm a big believer in the love languages. Make sure you know what yours is before you dive into the dating world. I have heard so many wonderful stories about the way people have met on Hinge and how it truly creates meaningful connections. So if you're looking for a meaningful relationship, download Hinge today. You'll meet someone great and then delete Hinge when it feels right. Download Hinge today. Now let's get back to the show. I love hearing the story. And then of course, obviously you starting your own store. I would love to hear what just from that entire experience working at Brandy, yeah. what was the biggest takeaway from that? Because when you worked there, like Brandy was at its prime. Yeah, it was a great like, time. You, I look back on that period for you. I had no idea you were even working there. No one did. No one did. I appreciate the hustle a lot. Yeah. But I also, like people ask me all the time, like you and I both worked at Gloss Day. Mm-hmm. They'd be like, you were at this brand when it was at its absolute craziest yeah. Yeah. height. Like what did you learn from that experience? So my experience at Brandy kind of taught me just like, I because I was being really decisive in making like design calls, I was just like going in, giving opinions and leaving. And what I learned there that really, really served me was to trust my own opinion that I would go in and I would just like say what I liked and what I didn't like and what I thought looked good and what I thought looked bad. And if I thought a ribbing was too thick or a collar was too thick 
or a sleeve was too short or too long or squoze my arm or whatever it was, I would just like say it. And they'd, and these people who were like making clothes for stores everywhere would be like, we hear you. Okay, cool. And like really trust my opinion. So it validated something in me that was like, that really helped me as I went on in my own life of like designing and whatnot to be like, oh, wow. Like my opinion, I'm not a small voice in the room. Like people are really listening to what I have to say. And that felt really good. And that taught me to trust myself. And it also kind of showed me that like, I would see what sold really well. And it was always just the clean, well-fitting pieces, which kind of inspired when I was launching a t-shirt, exactly what I wanted to do. An opinion in my mind is the most valuable thing you can have. Totally. Totally. valuable thing you can have. Amen. But also the hardest thing to cultivate. Yeah, I definitely. Think I'm 29. I'll be 30 next year. And I think that now for the first time ever, I'm beginning to trust my opinion. Totally. And I'm someone who like, my career is based off of like giving my opinion yeah, and totally. like sharing trends and sharing things I love. Yeah. But I think it's really hard to not let insecurity get in the way of that. For and sure. it's something that I have just noticed among so many of my friends in their 20s. Yeah. That they're either afraid of their own opinion, they're mm-hmm. afraid of what people will think of their opinion, or they don't have enough confidence to give that opinion. And then on the other side of that, I also think that like sometimes we can be afraid to just share it in general. Yeah, totally. So it's it's hard cultivating your opinion. I think I'm still in that journey of, yeah. of saying, you know what, this is what I think. I'm, yeah. I'm going to stand strong in what I think. I'm not going to be swayed by yeah. maybe a mean Instagram comment or what someone else says. I like this dress. It's really hard in today's world. And I think this is something I like feel concerned for for the next generation is that we are so inundated with other people's opinions all the time. And people hide behind their computers and phones. Right. Yeah. And it's hard to just hear your own and be okay with it. Yeah. For sure. I'm a big Sarah Blakely fan. She started Spanx mm. and she just got cool. on TikTok randomly. And this conversation is pretty timely. Yeah. She just posted something the other day. And she's the second entrepreneur who I've heard say this. I also heard Aurora James say it mm-hmm. like two years ago. Both of them have said that when they came up the, for the idea for their businesses, that they didn't call any of their friends. Mm-hmm. They didn't share it with anybody yeah. until they put enough time and effort into it to the point where they couldn't turn back. So smart. So no smart. one else could give their opinion. Yeah. No one else could tell you it didn't work. It's not yeah. going to work. No one else could say, well, you know, well, why isn't someone already doing it? Like, yeah. there's obviously an issue here. Totally. They got to a point where they put enough time and love to, like, get the grease on the wheels going. So yeah. that no one else could sway them. And they held firm in there. I had a similar opinion. thing. My dad, he is my person. My dad, I tell everything yeah. to. He's incredible. And he runs all my, like, personal business stuff with Dadagers. me. Okay. Yes. Like and that. my dad... When I started modeling, he was he didn't want me to do it. My mom didn't want me to do it. Right. And he was like, I'll review. He's a lawyer. And he was like, I'll review every single contract. So now that I have my business, when I told him, and I was already like planning on opening a store. That was like, that was done. Right. I, that was the plan. No one was going to tell me otherwise. It was the plan. It was the only move I wanted to make. And I went to my dad and I was like, I'm opening up the store. It's going to be on Beverly. He was like, you're making a huge mistake. Don't do it. Brick and mortar is destined to fail. You're going to put so much money into it who's going to come? Like, I support you, but like, who's like, who's really going to come? Is it going to be successful? You're going to put your savings, like your whole savings. And I bet you you're paying rent and your T sales. Yeah, Yeah. I am. I am. (laughs) Yeah. And he was wrong. And he eats his words now because he's seen how successful it's been. When I went to him and I told him this, I was too far along in having the business and having the store. I knew I was doing it. So when he told me I couldn't do it, I was like, too bad. I can't turn back. So I love you and we'll see how this goes. Yeah. I think you have to have that fortitude. 
to For not sure. be swayed and, and not let other people's opinions oh my God. ruin your vision. Because even your most trusted and loving friends are still going to say stuff that like might be like, oh shit, oh shit, oh shit. Yeah. And then you're hearing their voices and not your own clear voice in Keep your it head. close. Keep it to the chest. Yeah. Like let your vision be unskewed. Yeah. A hundred percent. Okay. Let's talk about the store. Okay, great. Yay. I remember when you launched during COVID. Yes. And this is like, to me, it just... We have so many friends and everyone's entrepreneurial, which is a really beautiful thing to see. Yes. But sometimes you see a friend launch something and you're just like, this just works. Thank you. It's so you. Thank and you. that I think for me, those are the businesses that I resonate deeply with. Yeah. Because not only do I love the brand, I love the person and they're the same. Love that. I can see you so Thank clearly you. in your brand and that's Thank what you. makes it different. Thank you. You know, I hear this thing all the time oh, I don't need to start another beauty brand. There are a million beauty brands. Mm -hmm. But like, what if there's that one person that has that really unique perspective, like a Summer Fridays, for example. Yeah, totally. They have a super, super specific aesthetic yeah. and like idea. And that's why it worked amid yeah. a multi-billion dollar industry with a thousand brands. Totally. One of the biggest. Yeah. So I, I loved it so much. I want to hear you. about what the kind of origin story was of launching okay. Shop RLT during COVID. It's very funny. Yeah. I was not setting out to be like a business Also, really person. quickly, for people who don't know your business yet, first tell us a little bit about it and then we'll... So the store is a vintage women's clothing store that also has some home goods and also has a couple pieces that are just like amazing basics that I've designed. So I started the store in the pandemic with no intention of starting a business. Like it really wasn't the goal at all. Like the fact that I'm here right now feels really amazing. But what happened was I've always been obsessed with eBay from like when I was younger. And frankly, I was just like jealous of stuff that my friends had, but like I couldn't buy it myself. And my parents, like the first one was the Balenciaga city bag. I wanted it so bad. So Do you still bad. want it now? No, but I really, <laughs> okay. See, I really wanted test it. time. True. Do you still want a Birkin now? Yeah. I do. I See? do. Yeah. Bags coming up. Still don't have one. Buy the classics, really guys. One. Buy the classics. That's true. That's yeah. very true. But I wanted the city bag really bad. It was when the Olsen twins were carrying it everywhere. It was the yeah, time. Yeah, that was, that was, that was. It was really iconic. I couldn't even find the word. I had to like repeat that was a bunch of times because the word was like catastrophic almost <laughs> because it was like every girl in the world saw it. Yes. And like, we sh like crumbled. We all wanted it. It was yeah. the thing. And so then I went on eBay, got a Balenciaga city bag. It was suede army green and it's inside it was like one of those listings that's like bag has been very loved distressed interior like it was it had seen much better days you did not care at that time no I did not and I was on eBay like a gremlin like no one can outbid me for this bag and I won it and I really from there on was like an eBay junkie yeah if I wanted it I got it on eBay and the I'm not like an addict to anything except like the high of auctions Woo, love just love so basically, I was bored in the pandemic and I was on my computer obsessed with eBay, like buying coffee table books, ashtrays, sunglasses, sweaters, literally anything that I thought was cool. I was just like, we couldn't leave our houses. So I was just on there being like, Alex Katz coffee table book, vintage Italian ashtray, gold earrings with bows and angels, like whatever it was. I was just like searching these keywords and finding this amazing stuff. And I was posting it on my Instagram stories. And then people would message me and they'd be like, can I buy this? So I was like, fuck it. Yeah, I guess. So I started doing on my Instagram. This was very brief. Every Sunday I'd post 10 items and immediately they would sell out. Just like an array of like candlestick holders and vessels and whatever I thought was cool. It was just like an edit of things that I found and I liked. 
And then I started going out to flea markets and like I was going out in COVID with like a face shield, a mask and gloves to like random Goodwills two hours away to look for just cool shit. And so then it got pretty popular on Instagram. And then I started a website. It's still the website for the store. And I decided to open up my own store in. I started looking in June, looked for a really long time, had no luck in the real estate situation. And then I found a little space next to Erwan and they said they were going to demolish the space after two months. So I only could have a two month lease, which was fine. That's all I wanted. I never, if you told me that this would now be a two year lease out of a two month lease, I would be like, you're lying to me. That was not what I anticipated, but I found the space I opened and I made back my initial investment in 10 days oh my God. and that felt really good. And I got to like tell my dad, I told you so. And it was amazing. How do you know it's going to work? Like when you go out there and you're, you know, now, obviously at the beginning, it was just, you know, cute items. I yeah. remember I got a couple of like cute little like vases from you. Yeah. Now I walk in the store and there are like incredible vintage tees. Like Thank I bought you. my favorite pair of jeans from your store Thank that you. I wear literally every day. They look so good on you. They're so good. Thank they you. are amazing you had what was that amazing dress that I tried on was it the long Saint Laurent one yeah yeah like your curation in there is really great how do you know it's gonna work if I like it it sounds really stupid but I have to like the thing and if I if I order something and I don't like it it either gets returned or I mean my favorite place to source is the Rose Bowl because yeah. I'm there in person I'm feeling the jeans I'm feeling the tees I know if it's gonna be soft I know if there are stains I know if there's like I'm able to like make the a very, very concise edit of things that I love in person. If I'm doing it online, it's much more challenging, but I know what my client likes. I know what my customer is into and I know what I like most of all. So if I, when I walk into the store, if I don't love every single item, like this is going in the back, it's not sparking joy. Like it can't be on the floor. So every single thing in the store, I genuinely love. And then I think other people feel that and then they love it and then they buy that and then it's consistently selling out. So. Because your style is aspirational. Thank you. Again, this is like Thank a, you so much. Things I think that come from, that organically come from your like authentic you work. Thank you. Like every person I, who I know who started a business and their businesses are natural extensions of them. It's not this forced thing. Yeah, totally. We'll be right back after the break. Are you looking for meals that are ready to eat, delivered to your door, and actually help you look and feel your best? Well, Saqqara is the answer, and it is so much more than just a meal delivery program. I've been using Saqqara for a few years now, especially during those times when I need a reset, like the summer. I've been traveling a lot, work has been crazy, and I want to have a week of clean eating and feeling really good. And Saqqara comes in handy, let me tell you. It's a nutrition program that's like having a nutritionist and chef all in one. Their meals are expertly designed to support your summer wellness goals, from weight management to clearer skin and boosted energy, and they're also delicious. I used to not be a breakfast person until I started eating Saqqara, and that made the world of a difference for me. I feel like I'm more balanced throughout the day, I'm not starving by the time that it gets to lunch, and that's all from how good Saqqara breakfasts were. They also have a flexible signature nutrition program that makes it easy to plan nourishing, feel-good meals around your packed summer calendar. If you have dinner plans this week, you can sign up for breakfast and lunches. Or maybe you're tired of the same takeout. Just choose dinners. And customize even more when you subscribe. Their options are endless and cater to your taste and time. It is truly the most accessible, seamless, and delicious meal plan on the market. 
Sakara brings expertly designed organic nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their science-backed ready-to-eat meals deliver results you can see and feel from weight management and ease bloat to boosted energy and clear skin. And right now, Sakara is offering you guys 20% off your first order when you go to sakara.com slash friend or enter code friend at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A.com slash friend to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash friend. So what are you waiting for? an episode at the beginning of the year where I covered my favorite vintage stores in mm-hmm. LA and you were there when I came yes. into the, yes. the day I had like just gone to like I think five or six vintage stores mm-hmm. and like narrowed it down a little bit but by the way you guys if you want to listen to it it's like I think I did it in like February March it's a good episode there. I enjoyed it of course you did because well, yeah. RLT was in it but I I was like your store was one that I wanted to include the most because of the fact that One, I think vintage stores can be really overwhelming. Mm -hmm. You can walk in and feel totally daunted by the experience. Rows and rows and rows, hangers everywhere. Like, it's it's really hard to find a good vintage store that has a good edit, let alone an edit that you like. I love going to Recess because I think it has also has a great edit, but Mm -hmm. a really different edit than yours. For sure. This is like where I want to like go get a really sick outfit for like a panel I'm moderating or like a wedding. Yes. I want to go to RLT for the everyday. Well, that was that was intentional. And that's really hard to find in the vintage space. I agree. Impossible. Because other vintage stores I was going to that are incredible, they were always being like, this is a really special piece. And this is a really special piece. Like, and here's this a $5,000 is- dress yes. from the 90s. And I'm yes. like, great, but I really just like need a cool pair of jeans. Yes. And so I wanted to make a store that basically everything could go with the other thing. It's the true. jeans could go with the tops and the jacket could go with the trousers and whatever it was. Like, pretty much everything in my store can go like... Every single thing can be paired together. The intention when I started shopping vintage when I was younger was also that like I didn't want to wear the same stuff as all my friends. Yeah. Like I would go to a party and all my friends would be wearing those planet blue dresses. Like the shop blue. You know the one I'm talking about. My hand about. is raised. The one. It's the mm-hmm. one. My hand is Every raised. girl was wearing it. And I was like, I don't want to be like everybody else. I need right. to have something unique. Like I loved fashion and having my own perspective. So I was like, I'm going to buy a vintage thing change it so I'm the only person in the world who has the thing. Right. And still to this, like, while a lot of the stuff in my store is very minimal and classic, you're probably the only person in your friend group, at least, with that piece from my store. It's really interesting we're having this conversation. Vogue dropped an article yesterday about the vintage yeah. e-commerce businesses specifically making the move to brick and mortar. Do you know how many people sent me this? Literally yeah. everyone sent so me this. So my favorite vintage store in New York is this store called No Standing, which was cool. the first business featured in this article and they had interviewed them. They find really amazing vintage pieces. Mm-hmm. Every time in New York now, I have to go there. Yeah. Like I could say to myself, Olivia, you don't need to spend another five, six hundred dollars, but I will 100 percent step foot in the store. Totally. Because I have left there every time with pieces that I'm going to have in my closet till my till my kids want them. So that's so important to me. This is actually yeah. something that like I've spoken about at length to anyone who will come into my store. I want the stuff in my store to be able to be passed down and passed yeah. down and worn past my life for a long time, for as long as they'll hold up, because I want it to be classic and not just something that like yeah. is going to end up in a landfill somewhere. But not even that. I mean, these girls started their business just like you on Instagram, posting stories, Chanel bags, yeah. all the things. But I think in the article, it said that their revenue this year is going to be $2 million from the store. crazy. So it's interesting to me because like your dad said, mm-hmm. people think, quote unquote, retail is dead. Yeah. What do you think about an article like that coming out and obviously putting a huge highlight on businesses like yours going from social to now brick and mortar. It makes me so happy. I find my favorite compliment I get in the store, and this is something that like me and my employee, Sophia, who I just like, shout out to Sophia, I just couldn't do it without you. 
But Sophia will, we always high five when someone says this thing, which is like, this is the only store I shop at in person. Every, all my other shopping is online, mm-hmm. but I have to come to RLT to get my stuff. And I love it because I want people getting out of the house, coming into my store, trying things on. The physical experience is so special when someone has like that Cinderella effect of trying on something perfect. Like when I see a girl light up when they put on a vintage Levi that fits them, it's actually a rush of serotonin for both of us. Trust me. It makes me so happy to like make, because it doesn't happen online. Yeah. When the store was just online, and this is why I don't have my entire inventory online, is because I want people to come into the store and have that experience where they're like, wow, I this thing fits me so well. It makes me feel so confident. And like, I love how I look. Like I truly feel so confident. That's all I want for all of the people who, who shop at my store. So I'm so happy that that's becoming more of a thing. I think what you're saying, too, is the answer to, like, what the future is of this kind of brick-and-mortar surge. I just think that people are really tired of, like, going to the same, like, Topshop, Nike situation. I think your store offers something specialty. Like, no standing offers something specialty. I'm going to go in there and, like, see pieces that I have never seen before in my whole life. It's an experience. Yes, and I think for a while, like, that word was throwing around, thrown around. Like, oh, experiential retail is going to be the next thing. Yeah. And people made that seem like like the Amazon store, like uh. things that, through tech. Yeah. But no, like, truly actually curating an experience for your shopper yeah. that feels unique and different. And and honestly, like, your store here and No Standing are, like, my the two places that I remember shopping in person last. Thank you. I love yeah. that. That's so nice. I About the in-person experience thing that is really important to me is like, I don't care about the experiential tech. What I want more than anything is for people to come into the store and feel connected to. Like, I want me and my employees to make the people in the store who are shopping feel, like, cared for and thought of and that they're, like, embraced in my store, that I I want to help them and that I'm here to make them feel confident and great. Like, I picked it out. I can tell you why I love the thing and why it looks amazing on you and why it's special to me, you know? I'm very passionate about people finding their personal style. Yeah. It's something I love and it's something I love to help people do. Totally. And something I've noticed in this like TikTok era where everyone's like doing the getting readies with me where Mm -hmm. they're just putting on like jeans and a tee. It feels very like it like reminds me of like fashion suburbia. Yeah. And I think it is this being able to go shop in person at your store in my mind Mm -hmm. is the best way to go find your personal style. Couldn't agree more. What are you going to go put on? How are you going to feel in person? How is it going to pair together? Totally. I think now in today's world where we can go on TikTok, by the Mm -hmm. way, great. Love it. I go on there for inspiration all the time. Yeah, same. But see so many other people wearing, you know, different versions of the same outfit. We go online. We find exactly those items. We buy them. And then all of a sudden we're also looking like them. Yeah. It's really hard to find your personal style when you're shopping online. That's true. Impossible. Yeah. And every girl who is on TikTok and they're like, I want to look like this girl. I want to look like this girl. And it's like, by the way, videos. no shape, guys. We all do that. We do. We yeah, do. But it's like it. how to look like this person. Right. It's and like how do you go look like yourself? That's the thing that I think right. is so important is finding the ability to be like, I do have a million Pinterest boards that are just full of 90s supermodels and their style. But right. like, I'm still going to find a way to make that my own. But if you're out in the world at like a curated vintage store where you're like going through the pieces and trying on the things, you are finding way more of yourself than you are online. Right. So- I think something I like to ask everyone who's built a business online, which in today's world is hard. Yeah. There's a million businesses. There's literally a billion Instagram accounts. Yeah. What's your best advice for someone to like cut through the noise and really get their product in front of people? So the best advice I would give, I think would have to be to just keep going because there are so many times that I wanted to stop my business or just like 
even when the store started and I was really overwhelmed and I was like, I can't believe that before it was just in my backyard, in my garage. And now it's a full space that I have to be at every day. I'm so over it. Maybe I will close when like after the two months. And I just had to remind myself, like, keep on going, keep doing this thing that you're doing because it's going to pay off and trust yourself. There's a reason you started it. There's a reason you love it. You'll always find why you love it. And like, I still do, even in the times where I'm like, I'm done. I quit. I'm over it. I still will remind myself that like getting up at 4 a.m. to go to the Rose Bowl to dig through bins of things that I adore feeds me. Like it makes me so happy to do that with a little headlamp and I'm wearing like my ASIC sneakers and I'm just a total troll. But it gives me this feeling of like, like a high of finding these gems and that's why I do it and that's why I love it. So I've always tried to remind myself like keep on going and you'll always find new ways to love it even in the times where you just want to quit so badly. So you just launched the tea. Yes. Are we thinking more clothes in the future? What's the vision? So I want to keep designing clothes, but like what I want to do is every season give something that would just work with the vintage. Yeah. The reason why the tea came so naturally was because I was listening to my customer who was trying on clothes and kept being like, I want to try this jacket on, which is a plain white t-shirt. I want to try these jeans on with a plain white t-shirt. Smart. And in my head, I was like, Okay. I got to make a plain white t-shirt. Yeah. So I sourced 35 vintage t-shirts at the Rose Bowl, had them in my store. They sold out in a week. So I knew people would want a vintage t-shirt or like a really good fitting t-shirt. Mm-hmm. So I was like, t-shirt done. I knew how to design it because of my time at Brandy. So then I was like, this is easy. I know what I want to do. So I did it all locally in LA and it turned out really well and I love it. Yeah. And then. Big time. Thank you. And then I'm launching the tank top, which has been really a work in progress because there Tanks are, so are many, hard. They're hard because there are so many things I knew in a T-shirt. Like the number one thing, it cannot squeeze the arms. I did not want to make a shirt that squeezed the arms. And then with the tank top, I have all my own concerns about like it going up the armpit right. or it like, can you wear a bra under it? Yeah, exactly. And so I'm still working it out. Everything. I want all the pieces to be very select, but perfect instead of just turning out shit that I think is kind of mid, but having it just, I'm not trying to just make it like a money thing. I really want them to be pieces. I had this moment the other day that made me like actually want to cry in my own closet, which was I went to try on, I was picking a white shirt for to wear with just like a pair of jeans. And I had all these white shirts that I've had for years of big brands that I aspire to be like. And I looked at the shirts that I had from them. And then I looked at the shirt that I designed and I was like, holy shit, that's actually my favorite shirt. Like, yeah, I, even in comparison to the shirts I paid $200 for, I'm like, mine is my favorite. That feels so good. So for every piece I want to put out, I want to have that reaction where I'm like, that thing is my favorite. Like, it is so, so, so classic and amazing and special. And like, you'll order 10 of them because it's the perfect shirt. So with all the pieces I plan on putting out, that's the intention. I love that. I'm so happy for you. Thank you. If you guys are listening and you're based in LA, go check out Shop RLT. It's on Beverly, like catty corner from Air One. Yeah. Next to the old gallery department. No, Escuela. Oh, yeah. Next to the old Escuela. Yeah. So go check it out there. And if not, you can go to shoprlt.com and see all her really cool stuff. But if you're in LA, it's even better. Please come by. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of Friend of a Friend. Before you go, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and at tiermedia.com. And for more behind the scenes of the show, visit us at friendofafriend.us and follow me at Liv Perez on Instagram. Don't forget the two Vs. See you next week.
Please note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.